Okay, so B'siyat HaDashmaya, we're going to begin our Parsha Shir based in the Svarim and in the Sefer of the Tasha Rebbe, Chusayagun and Sefer Avoda Savoda. We want to thank our anonymous sponsor for making this year possible, and Bezer Hashem, the Schus of the Tzaddik, and his teachings should stand by him and, uh, and by all of us. So what a privilege to be able to join together and to learn these, uh, these teachings together. Some of you may have seen the Meaningful Minute clip uh, that we sent out um, on Parshas Lech Lecha, and so the, the ideas are going to sound a little bit more familiar to you who have seen that clip because we're actually learning that piece. There's only two pieces, and this is the piece to learn in this week's Parsha and Sefer Avodah Savoida, but you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a long-standing tension always between quality and quantity. You know, we live in a generation where people are more likely in a certain way to watch a, you know, a, a five-minute um, a five-minute clip than an hour sheer, but the amount that you can give over in five minutes is just so minute and it's so constricted. When you look in the safer and it's six pages and I have the task of, of, of really needing to select, you know, what to say and which point to stress and which point to give over, it's very, very limiting, you know? So I, I, I believe in doing both. I believe in short form content, you know, which is what we do through LPI, through quotes and so on and so forth. But the Iker, let's be honest, you know, the main thing, if inspiration is to last and really make an impression on you, it, it takes commitment. It takes work. There's no way around that, you know? And so to be able to really devote time to sitting together for a full hour and, you know, in books and so on and so forth, that, in my experience and opinion, is where the where the primary growth is, and so we need both. Uh, so this is going to be the long form content, for, you know, form of of that. Okay, so I'm so happy that you're joining me. What a privilege! And so let's dive into this incredible teaching together. Um, let me just set this up and share my screen. Okay. Um, you know what? One second. One minute, sorry. Share a portion of the screen. Okay, there we go. Alrighty. Okay, so we should be seeing in front of us the teaching from the tzaddik. It's a little bit long. It's a little bit lengthy, but we're going to try uh, to get through however much we can get through. And it's just one idea, basically, really worked through in, in a brilliant and beautiful way. Okay, so let's dive into it without further ado. Parshas Lech Lecha, and we have this incredible uh, teaching from the tzaddik. Hashem el Avram Lech Lecha. What a deep, deep uh, sentence. HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to Avram and he tells him, Lech Lecha, go, travel. It's the first time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaks to, uh, to, to a Jew, right? To Avram Ivri, to Avram who stood me ever, Echad Hoya Avram, Ela Aretz Asher Areka. It's such a deep sentence. Go lech lecha into yourself, for yourself. It doesn't even tell him to where. To the land that I will show you. He doesn't say Eretz Yisrael. He doesn't say a specific place where to go. And isn't this the journey of every single Jew? We hardly know sometimes where it is that we're going, but we're tasked with going. And with going for ourselves, for our benefit, into ourselves, for ourselves. Lech lecha ela to the promised land. This is the, the journey of each and every individual, but this is the journey of our generation and of all generations. Kfar Ahmed Rashi HaKadosh, he says, Let me just try to zoom in a little bit here as well. Ah, beautiful. So he says like this, Rashi points out, 
And he says that Rashi speaks about this, that I'm destined to show you. And he says we want to speak a little bit more about this element as well. Again, Rashi tells us, famously, Rashi says, what does this word mean? Go for yourself. What does that mean? For your good, for your benefit. And there, says the Pasuk, I will make you into a great nation. Rashi tells us that here, Meaning in Chutzla Aretz, Avram Avinu is not going to merit to bring children into the world. Inyan Zetzar Chabir, we need to understand this. Lama loy yizke lahoyle banim ki'im al yidei sheyelech v'yigale mi'artzai. Why is it that Avram Avinu is only going to be able to bring children into the world when he leaves the current place where he is and is exiled from his land. And the Pasuk continues, and you shall be a blessing. Rashi tells us, What does this mean? Not you will be blessed, but you will be a blessing. What does this mean to say? Says Rashi, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Avram, blessing and the power of blessing will be in your hand. Before this, the power to bless was in Hashem's hand, so to speak, in his domain. I blessed Adam, I blessed Noah. But from now on, the power to bless. And it doesn't just mean with our mouths to bless people. Of course, it means that as well. But it means the power to bring blessing into other people's lives. This is Avram Avinu Midas Achesa, the power to create, the power to help other people build their inner world. That power is unique to Am Yisrael. It's unique to each and every one of us. Anachnu Bnei Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov. It's our spiritual inheritance. This is the job of a Jew to, to, to illuminate his surroundings and to bring out the best in other people and to encourage and to plant seeds. And, and to water them within the hearts of each and every person with whom we come into contact to be a blessing. If you'll only want, and this is the deepest nikuda, is that we have to desire to step into this role, to step into these shoes. Like I tell my students all the time, not to sell ourselves short, but to really take stock of what we can do and what we can accomplish and to be that. To be that. <laughs> so he says... Excuse me, Beer. He says this also needs explanation. Lama Same question. Why is it that Avram Avinu is going to receive this incredible capacity to be a blessing, that to bring blessing out of others only when he leaves his land? That's when he'll receive this power. And finally, the pasuk says, There was a famine in the land. Only a few psikim later, and Avram leaves Eretz Yisrael, which is the whole you know, incredible fanfare in the beginning of the parsha. And then a few seconds later, he has to leave. What's going on here? All the mafarshim comment, trying to explain who wanted that Avram Avinu should go ahead and reach and live in and settle Eretz Kenan. Rashi deals with this, but he's going to give a special, special approach to why Akadosh Baruch Hu would cause Avram Avinu to leave because of the famine. He says we can explain all of this based on what the Heligas Svarim say, what the Tzadikim tell us, that all spiritual energy, life force that comes down to the world, it all is channeled down through the Makom HaMikdash, through that place which Amzoch had to be sitting in proximity to. We're going to learn about how to connect to that place even from afar. This Makom Mikdash is the channel that brings all spiritual blessing into the world. Shasham 
Mikar Hashpaz, Hachiyas, or Chayas, if you're Lubavitch, Hachiyas Lechol Ha'olam, right? This is the place where all life force and vitality is channeled down to the world of Misham, and from there, Shoyrish Kol Habriya. That place is the essence of creation. There's a stone that's in that place and it's called the Evan Shesia, the foundation stone. And it's called this by this word, this interesting word, Shesia. The whole world flowed through this stone. From this stone was built and was founded the entire world and every element of creation. And because the whole world found its origin through this stone and through this makom and through this special place, this touch point with heaven, that the Gemara describes where heaven and earth kiss, it's not just that creation begins there, like the Majestan Chuma tells us, but it's that every single moment, because God is recreating the world all the time, every single split millisecond, whatever this is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is recreating the world. And it's all recreated from there, from that place. That is the center and the core and the foundation and the root of the entire world. It's not just the world that's being recreated from this place, but each individual is also created from this place. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu formed the physicality or the physical element of man and mankind earth from the ground of Paris. Rashi HaKadosh tells, says Rashi, you know where Adam's earth was taken from? Natal that's why it's called Adam, because of the Adama. But it's associated with the Mizbeach Adama, which of course is the Makom HaMikdash. That's the place where Adam Arishan's earth was taken from. So it's not just the macrocosmic world. That's Hushsas from this Evan Shesia that draws its vitality and its life force and its form from this touchstone of physicality that kisses heaven, that kisses the spiritual realm. But each and every microcosmic world, Adam is an Olam Katan, Kalamatzel Nefesh Achas Mi Yisrael Kilukiyam Each individual is connected and encompasses an entire world. It's all drawn from there. It's the same thing. It's all drawing from there. Or rather, each and every individual in the same measure that we were once created from that place in our, you know, earliest, earliest ancestor, but we're always drawing our life force from there. This is our source. And this is what we say in Tfilos Musav of Rosh Hashanah, Man is originally founded in the earth and he will return to the earth. Now the simple level understanding of this, and this is a very beautiful reframe, but the simple understanding of it, and I'm Zohar Tadama for the Amidium Kippur, and I use the, the breast liver Aliyah Navi for this piece to say, whatever it is. Mashal uh, you know, the, all of these, all of the, you know, that whole list of things that his life is so fleeting and he's like lightning and he's like thunder and he's like wind and he's like a passing shadow. The simple understanding of it is to shake us up and to remind us, wow, what is life? We think we're living forever. Alavai, we should live forever. Life is a, is a speck. 
you know, on the spectrum of, of, of the world, on the spectrum of infinity, we're here for a, for a lightning flash, for a flicker. Every second counts. Every second counts. Time is our most precious commodity. Every, t- every second counts to make use of, of our time. And so this is reminding us, Adam, Yisodami Afar, we come from earth and we're going to end up with Saifullah Afar. And it's like a sort of sobering realization when we stand on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur to refresh and to realign ourselves. What is life about? That's the simple understanding. But he says, based on what we're learning, something so deep and something so much more exalted, I think. We're not coming to denigrate man by saying, look how lowly we are. We come from earth. We're returning to earth. No, 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 no. We're coming to talk about the exalted nature of what man can be. That we're drawn, we're reminding ourselves, do you know where we come from? We're drawn from the Makam Mikdash. We contain within ourselves the capacity to build within our heart, Bilvavi, Mishkan, Ebne, to become a little bit of a Mikdash, Mikdash Hashem, Koinani, Adecha, that we in and of ourselves should become this place where heaven and earth kiss, which is the Indian of the Tzaddik. Tzaddik is Kichol, Bashamayim of Arts, like we said many times in the past. Tzaddik, Manda, Achit, Shmaya, Va'ara, that we in and of ourselves should become in the realm of Nefesh, in the realm of man what the Beis HaMikdash is in the realm of space and what Shabbos is in the realm of time, that all of these three are the headquarters of their, pers- or of their respective categories of existence, Olam, Shana, and Nefesh, time, space, and the human identity. And so just like the Makam HaMikdash is associated with this element of the earth, and from that place all brachas flowing down through the world, to the physical world from this place, each and every one of us on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur come to remind ourselves, Adam Yisoyidami Afar, what we can do, the potential we can reach. Unbelievable. It's a whole different way of looking at it. Look how holy we are. And from there, we are drawing our life force all the time, constantly. Then he says, Even in a time where the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed, and that glory and what the Beis HaMikdash used to be, we can't imagine what that was. To be able to come to a place and feel Hashem, to really genuinely feel Him in such a palpable, perceivable, perceptible way with miracles, to be able to know that there exists a spiritual realm and this world is an illusion and it's not the real deal. It's just not that it's a world of Sheker, but a place where we can walk in and feel MS. And even a Jew who's at the tough, who's at the end, who's at the last letter of the Aleph base, is able to journey back to the Mem, which is the middle letter, all the way back to the Aleph, to the Alufa Shalom, as we're going to learn Beis Hashem at the end of this piece. A, pers- a person walks into that element of MS. He's able to journey back to the element of Aleph, of Alufa Shalom, of the godliness that we contain within ourselves. But now the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed. When the glory of this place has been stolen away. And in this holy city, even now, specifically now maybe, there's a lot of negative forces, there's a lot of negative things. Now obviously the Tasha Rebbe aligned Ashkafically with Satmer, so a little bit of that is coming out over here, is that the Tasha Rebbe, you know, had that spiritual perception and sensitivity to feel pained over what Israel, Eretz Yisrael, has become. And for Jews, it was never about a state, even when we were pro the state, and hopefully, you know, each and every person has their own ashkafel to clarify for themselves. But it was, all, it was always about this land. 
It was always about this land. That's at, that's at the core of it. And if we're, you know, the religious Zionists, and if there are those that support the state and so on and so forth, it's only in as much as this infrastructure allows, with all the negativity involved, but it allows for the settling of the land, and it allows for the building up of the land. But it, but it's all it's all the time about a land, right? Even those that are, it's not, it's not about a governmental structure and, and and our own, you know, national identity. It's about this soil, right? It's it's about this land that we cried for for two thousand years, whatever the Ashkafa is. And so the Tashirev the Satmar of Tzadikim like this were very, very sensitive to that and it pained them greatly, you know, that, that, that this land of Kedusha and Tara could be producing a generation, you know, like described by Uri Zohar, Uri Zohar in his book, you know, my friends, we were robbed and, you know, he felt, he felt angry about that and he felt as if, how could it be such a thing that specifically, you know, in Eretz Yisrael, there's a whole generation growing up that knows nothing about Yiddishkeit. It's, it's a tragedy beyond compare and hopefully you and I are gonna, are gonna be able to turn the tide a little bit and, and to demonstrate both in terms of embodying but also in terms of speaking a certain way and teaching a certain way and having confidence to give over that Yiddish kind of beauty and depth and meaning and you know to, to, to allow them to realize what they're what they're missing you know I, I, I try to be mechanic my two and a half year old close to three year old we walk on the street and sometimes we see cars you know driving on Shabbos Nebuch and so of course we have the Limitzchus that they're not Jews and you know who knows there are other people who live here um, you know but the thing that we always that we always speak about and, and, I, and I tell my son, as those cars are driving by, ah, here's a Jew who doesn't know about Shabbos yet, and we have to daven for him. You know, we have to daven that his eyes should open to, to experience the, the beauty that we have and the time that we have. You know, and, and, and we say a tefillah every time we say a car, here's a Yid who doesn't yet know. You know, he's not privileged to know what a Nebuch, if only he would know about the beauty of Shabbos. You know, so that's, so Ezer Shem, we should really feel that way, and we should daven for people. But al he says that this city now is under the forces of a certain klipa, of a certain negativity that has grabbed hold of this Kedusha because it's always like that. It's always a parallel. Like we say in Slichas of Erev Rosh Hashanah, the city is in a state of, 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 of bush of a cherpa. Things that go on here that, that, you know, if they happened in the States, it would be bad enough. But on Admaseinu HaKadosha, it's... it's it's unfathomable, you know, to the spiritually sensitive person. You know, and it's not an Indian of getting angry or yelling or calling people names. It's an Indian of tefillah. It's an Indian of being moved to, 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 to genuinely look up at Shemaim and say, Rabbi Shalom, you, you deserve better than this. Am Yisrael deserves better than this. Nobody wants, you know, dafka to, to you know, to... Um, to denigrate, a, 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 you know, the holiness of this land, that to trample upon it be a dime. They don't know better. They don't. The Pashtun don't know better, you know. And so it's 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 an Indian for us as Jews who are privileged to know a little bit more to daven, to daven that the world should be brought closer and closer to the place where godliness could be revealed in such a place, tar eretz mikvedecha, that the eretz, eretz Yisrael, can again be filled with his glory. But from the day that our base HaMikdash has been destroyed, it has been replaced with a negative force. You know, it takes one visit to the Kotel and look over there and see what's covering over the Mikdash. I mean, you know, we talk about klipas. That is, a, like, that is what it is. It's a, literally a shell, an external force that is covering over and preventing life force from flowing down into the world. And there's a defilement of that place. And then we wonder why the world is broken. How could the world not be broken? The channel that's supposed to bind heaven and earth, that's supposed to bring unity, that's supposed to bring blessing, that's supposed, that's supposed to bring fulfillment and meaning into the world is blocked up. It's just blocked up. And so that's very painful. Minim, miminim shaynim, all different kinds of negative forces, but frat, makam amikdash gufa, on the makam amikdash itself, in kolze, 
even so, even though, even so, makes no difference. Nothing we can do, so to speak, or that a Jew can do, or that any person can do to defile this land has any essential impact on the holiness of the land itself. Like the Gemara declares, the Gemara Megillah, When Amisral came into the land for the first time, they sanctified it for then, and they sanctified it. It's eternal. This land is a holy land, and nothing that we can ever do can remove our essential bond with this land because our holiness is also similarly bound and, 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 and kavua, it's kavua. HaKadosh Baruch Hu dreamed of a shining nation even before we did anything to deserve to be created. He created us just because He loved us and so He created us. And we didn't do anything to deserve that love. He just created us because He loved us. I'm just plugging in my computer. He created us because He loved us. Like Rabbi Nachman says in Torah Lamed Gimel, there's an akuda of Ava, Right? There's the Ava that's There's a love that a Kaddish Baruch Hu had for us even before creating us, whatever that means. And therefore, He created us. This land is an essential land that we are bound with. We are essentially holy. The land is essentially holy. Nothing we do can remove our own holiness, and therefore, nothing we do can be pogim the land or that anybody can do. Gama Amr Chazal, and another teaching that we're all familiar with, mirrors this teaching in Shemos Rabbah. Forever and eternally, the Shekhinah, God's indwelling presence, has never left that holy wall, the Kosal HaMarabi. Shenemar, Hinezeh, the Pasik says in Shir Hashirim, Hinezeh, referring to Hashem, here is He, Oimed Achar Kaslenu, who is perpetually and eternally standing behind Kaslenu, behind our wall. Isn't that beautiful that there's a Pasuk in Shir Shirim referring to the Kosal and it's called Kaslenu. This is our wall. This is our wall and Hashem is eternally standing behind it as it were, peering through the cracks, mates its min because of this incredible light that's shining down through the koisel, still, even though it's limited and even though it's covered over, that place upon which the koisel is built is still that channel that's bringing life force to the whole entire world. This element of the Shekhinah that has never left this holy wall has been what has stood for us throughout Gullus and kept us going. Now, there's a deeper way of understanding this also, and this is part of what he's going to teach. But even at this point, we can think about, okay, on the one hand, the Kosel and the Evan Shesia and the Makam Amikdash and everything we spoke about is a spiritual channel. And so there's some element that we're thinking about of like, you know, spiritual forces that are coming down through this place, which is certainly true. And is entering our hearts and souls that we are aligned with this Makam Amikdash and we have the Afar from that place and so on and so forth. And so when that Afar gets saturated with spirituality, so does our own physicality that was created and formed from this place. All true. But I think that there's another deeper approach also, where it's that, what does this mean that the Kosel is what kept us going? It's not simply this, that on a spiritual level, there were forces coming down through that wall that kept us going, but it was our hope of returning to this place that gave us the strength to carry on throughout our history and throughout all the terrible persecution that we suffered. It was the that eventually causes that Mashiach should come. It's through that yearning and it's through that desire and it's through that hope 
that maybe today, like Rav Shlomo sings, maybe today, you know, maybe today, it was that hope that kept us going. So these are two, uh, you know, approaches that are really two sides of the same coin, and I would say that they're one and the same. It was this surge of, of hope in the face of the darkest hopelessness that any people has ever faced throughout our history that actually gave us the strength in the moment to keep on going. I've given Shiram on this idea in the past. Um, I think it's called Netzach Shabagvura. I gave a shir on Svir Sa'imer, some of you may have heard it. And it's all about this concept, how yearning for a future goal brings the present to life. I speak about it in the story of our lives as well, in chapter 20 and chapter 21. This is the Nakuda of the Makum Mikdash keeping us going, keeping us alive. From that place, life force is flowing down to the entire world. How can we merit to draw on this life force? What do we need to do from our standpoint to channel this light? So, of course, on one level, uh, live here, you know, move here, right? Find a way to get here. And, and again, you know, this is me a little bit putting words into the Tasha Rebbe's mouth because I don't know that that was his particular Ashkafa. And that's why I have to, you know, with the caveat, just to maintain that you know, the, the integrity of the, of the authentic source. But I'll call upon him, you know, I would say that that's a good way. And I think that this is a step forward in history for Jews to move here. And if a Jew should ever have to move out of here, it should, it should pain the Jew tremendously. And there better be a very good reason for why, you know, why, why a Jew would take a step backward, you know, as it were, unless it's for the purpose of bringing other people forward, you know, and it's a personal sacrifice. But it's, it's, you know, on the one hand, if you can, and, and of course it's, it's superfluous, there's no reason to really go into this. All of us know this, right? And I'm sure all of us are yearning to live here. But there's an element that even being here doesn't quite cover it. Because it's possible to be here and to still, for whatever reason, not actually be here. Meaning to say it's possible to live here physically, but if our lave is 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 libi besoif marav, you know, where the Python says, Anit, right, libi bemizrach, vani besoif marav, that even when I'm all the way far away, but givat libi bemizrach, it's possible to be bemizrach and for your lave to be besoif. Besoif, um, yeah, besoif, libi besoif marav, right? That's, that's possible also. And so no matter where, where you are, and, and, and I'm speaking to myself, living here, this is still applicable, but it's certainly applicable, I think, to the majority of you who are not yet Zoha. Bezer Hashem, it'll happen, of Mamish. And a lot of things need to fall into place. It's a very complex and nuanced conversation. And every person needs to make that cheshman for themselves with their rav and with the consultation of their, of their spouse and family and so on and so forth. But al Kapanim, this is something that applies to everyone. How do we draw the life force from that place? Zet talui, bechal adam. This is dependent on each person. How much we're binding our mind. How much we're living for this place. How much it's giving us life is dependent on how much we allow it to. How much we align our vision with what that place is going to be. What does it mean, the Binyan Beis What are we crying over on Tisha B'Av? Do we understand what this place was? Do we understand what, the, you know, what, what its brokenness means for the world? And so on and so forth. The more that we bind our thoughts with this place, and we live Eretz Yisrael Dik, whether it's here, whether it's in Chutz La'aretz, Rabbi Nachman famously teaches that there's a moich in the Chutz La'aretz and a moich in the Eretz Yisrael. There's a consciousness of Chutz La'aretz and there's a consciousness of Eretz Yisrael. And the implication of that is that a person could be living in Eretz Yisrael with 
the consciousness of Chutz Laaretz. We could have a person who's living in Chutz Laaretz. I know some of you are on this call who are Mamish Eretz Yisrael Yidin. Mamish living with the Moichin of Eretz Yisrael. But the question is how much we're binding our mind to that place. However much a person is binding his or her thoughts and heart and thoughts to that place, to the Makam HaMikdash, and is yearning, and this again is, is a little bit what I said before, that's what's keeping us alive, because we're yearning, that God should have a house in this world, that the world should be filled with peace, and that the world should be, like, like I was listening to on the radio on the way here, there was a song, you know, an oldie from uh, Miami Boys Choir, Lo Yisagoyal Goy Cherev, Lo they won't anymore teach this power of, 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 of warfare and no nation will pick up a sword against another nation universal peace a world where people are are living the way that HaGadosh Baruch Hu dreamt the way that the world can be and not only because of some messianic force that's going to change everything, the way it is now, all the puzzle pieces are here. We just haven't put them together. But all the pieces are here for a utopia. We haven't figured it out yet. But this world can be something remarkable. If humanity would wake up, if humanity would grow up, and if humanity would open their minds, that's what the process of Mashiach, and it's unfolding. And however much the world looks like it's rotting, I promise you it is getting better and better and better and better and better every day. And the way that I can tell you that is because I believe in this person called Rabbi Nachman of Breslev. And that Tzaddik taught in Sichas Aran that our purchase of a garment is fundamentally different from the way that God purchases a garment, so to speak. What does this mean when a person buys a new suit or a new dress or a new something? The first day it's so precious, it's unbelievable. And then as time goes on, it becomes just another thing you hang in your, in your closet and it loses that excitement, it loses that passion. But he says by Kaddish Baruch Hu, it's exactly the opposite. This world is considered Hashem's garment, so to speak. And Rabbi Nachman says, as time goes on, Hashem enjoys and appreciates this garment more and more and more. The exact opposite of us. The world becomes more precious in his eyes. And Yiddish Rabbi Nachman said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, fear to velt, shener and shener. The world is getting better and better and better. It's a process. We need to be patient. We need to see to it that we're making sure that our own inner world is in, is in order because that certainly has an impact on the rest, of, uh, the rest of creation around us. But the world is getting better and better. And a seed needs to rot a little bit before it begins to sprout. And unfortunately, there's a lot of pain. And unfortunately, there's a lot of confusion. But all of this confusion and all of this pain, it's, it's, it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose, and the seed is rotting inside the ground as the roots begin to spread out and ultimately reach toward the sky in an unbelievable way. Heaven and earth are coming together, both in the religious realms and in the secular realms and in science, and all of these things are going to converge. And at that moment, it's just going to be this aha moment that should be so obvious and is so obvious to us that there's a creator to this world. And if there's a creator to this world, then all of us are creations. And if all of us can be placed into one category of creations of one creator, we have one source, like the Balatanya says in Paraklamid Bays in Tanya, Av Echad Likulana, all of us have one father, all of us have one source. There's peace and there's achtos and there's unity and there's humanity and godliness is shining forth from behind every leaf and behind every blade of grass and behind every shining pair of eyes, whether they're young eyes or old eyes, and, and, and the whole world is taught your Eretz Mechvedecha. This is what it is, to yearn for the building of the Makam HaMikdash. Umishtoikik libinyin HaMikdash for Yerushalayim. Kain nishpa alav yoiser hashpa misham. That's how much we're able to draw the bracha into our hearts, and we become animated exactly in proportion to how much we're thinking about this place.
They establish for us to constantly remind ourselves in all of our tefillahs to say three times a day. Do we think about it? Do we feel it? Do we feel it? Do we yearn for it? Do we really care about it? For the purpose that our hearts and minds on whatever level should be it shouldn't leave our minds. A Jew only lives by virtue of his or her connection to that place, whether it's physically or spiritually or emotionally or intellectually, this is our life force. This is what's kept us going. And therefore, we're going to be able to draw life force from this place. And now you're understanding the frustration and the difficulty of compacting this you know, thing into five minutes. It's, it's so tough and it's so... I feel bad doing it in a way because it's, it's like truncating. It's... it's what can you do? Okay, so Shneim Kechatoiv, and we have both. But Vizel Shamar Davra Melachal Vashalom, the Heligad, I just hope that people don't think that that's what, that's what it is. It, there's, it's so much more than that. Okay, so Vizel Shamar Davra Melachal Vashalom, the Heligad David says in Tehillim, famous Pasuk, Nichsef of Agam Kolsan Nafshi Lechatras Hashem. David says, literal level, Nichsef of my heart. Well, nafshi is my soul. So, Nichsef of Agam Kolsan Nafshi, my soul yearns and pines. Lechatras Hashem. For the courtyard of God, referring to the Beis HaMikdash. And the end of the Pasuk is, or the next few words are, Libiu Basari, my heart and my flesh, which is my, my body and my soul, Yiranenu El sings El Kelchai to the living God. See, he says like this, you can read the Pasuk like this. Because Hashem, because of David HaMelech's lifestyle that was founded upon this incredible yearning for the Makom HaMikdash, Al that leads to Libi Ubisari Yuranu El Kalchai. That leads to having a heart and having a flesh, having a body that's on fire, that's 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 yearning and that's singing and that's a longing toward El Kelchai, the living God. And what brings us to life, what brings us into connection with the living God, with the source of our source, with the soul of our soul? Only Hashem. And the more that we have that, the more that we have that yearning, exactly commensurate will be Libi Ubisari Yiranu Al Kelchairitzalaimar. Because David Amalach lived in such a way, Nishba Allah Misham Ha'ara Gedoila. Through that, there was an incredible ha'ara, there was an incredible, incredible, incredible shining, shining force that was ultimately brought into his life. Dafka, Dafka because of that. Lachain. So therefore he says, This goes back to what we said before. Because Avram Avinu had not yet had the privilege or the ability of stepping upon this land. No Jew had. He was not able to properly channel the blessing of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because again, all of us, that Be'ez HaShem and I bless us all, that we, we are able to bring life to the world and we are able to produce and we are able to do things and to, and to bring about wonderful creative forces in our lives and the lives of others and inspire and, and innovate and create and manifest and, 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 and fulfill our potential in whatever way. But that's only because there was one time a Jew who stepped on Eretz Yisrael. And so all of our capacity to function and our capacity to procreate and so on and so forth all goes back to the fact that there was once a Jew who connected himself to the Shorish of Chayim. But Avram Avinu was that Jew. And before him, there hadn't been anyone who had a connection in this way with this kind of neshama to this place. And so he was, he was, he was a closed channel. He was unable to channel life force to the world because he had not yet stepped upon the land of life.
to be able to channel the blessing of God and his, and his light and his energy like we express which is coming from that place and then channels to the whole world that the Gemara and Tainus also says he doesn't quote it but the Gemara says Eretz Yisrael it's prevalent now we started saying the same Talamater here in Eretz Yisrael Eretz Yisrael Eretz Yisrael drinks first and then from the tamtsis, from the extras of that drinking of that rain goes to the rest of the world right but this is the place this is it because he hadn't and no Jew ever had tasted from the light of Eretz he cannot be bound there with his mind so this is listen to this amazing thing because he's saying that the essence of it is a consciousness that's the essence of it now of course being here physically will certainly aid in our remembering Eretz Yisrael, remembering Yerushalayim, thinking about this place, dreaming about what it could be. But that's not the pinnacle. That's, not, that's only the vessel for the das. That's an incredible, incredible thing. That means to say, like we said before, a person could be living in Chutzla Eretz, but could in a certain way be more connected to Eretz Yisrael than a person physically here because the person's yearning for that place. It's reminding me of a story, a very relevant story, I believe, where... There was a, there was, there was an, an, not an elderly lady, but I think a lady who had, was a little bit, you know, more on in life and had already had a a family of children, married off her children. And she had this incredible yearning to come to Eretz Yisrael, to move, to live in this place. And she was part of the Belzer Hasidus before the state, few, a few tzaddikim ago, three generations, two generations ago. And there was no infrastructure, there was nothing here. There was nothing, there was no parnasa, there was no, there was no uh, you know, cultural or, or, or functional living space to be able to move to a place, there was, no, there was nothing. And she knew that it would entail a tremendous amount of yisurim, a tremendous amount of pain. And she came to the Belzer Rebbe and she asked him this question. She said, listen, I married off all my kids. I theoretically have the ability to move. I know it's going to be tough with parnasa. I know it's not going to be a pleasant life. It's going to be a miserable life likely. What should I do? So, okay, some of us, depending on our particular angle and ashkafa, and that's fine, might not be so thrilled with the response, but the point remains the point, and it remains the point the same, regardless of whether you're a big Zionist or whether you're a big Satmar. It makes no difference. He told her like this. He said, better. And this was his position. That, that's fine. But there exists a das like this. He says, better to live in Chutzla Eretz and to yearn for Eretz Yisrael than to live in Eretz Yisrael and yearn for Chutzla Eretz. And it's exactly this point. Now again, that, that's not halacha lamaisa to say, oh, great, I, I don't need to make any effort to move and so on. It doesn't mean that, right? But it means to encourage each and every person, no matter where we are, whether we're here physically, maybe specifically if we're here physically, but certainly if we're in chutz la'aretz, that the ikr is the yearning. The ikr is the desire. The ikr is the lev, rachmanot liba boy. The ikr, the primary thing is the das, is the consciousness, is the focus, is the concern, is the care, is the lifestyle that's centered around Eretz Yisrael. A lifestyle that realizes that you and I are supposed to and are intended to become a miniature Eretz Yisrael and that way to, to channel heaven down into earth through the Torah and the mitzvahs, that's exactly what we were sent to this world to accomplish. And that's a big chizuk. See, he says, because Avram Avinu hadn't been there, you see, but not, oh, he hadn't been there and so he couldn't channel it. No, no, no. He hadn't been there so his mind couldn't properly be sufficiently bound to it. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Avram, 
go away from this land. So you should come to that place. And you should be able to taste in the Ar Hashem, the light of God, that's flowing down to that place. And then you'll be able to bind your mind to this place in the most glorious way. Why didn't he tell him, go to Eretz Yisrael? Rashi says that it was because to make it more chaviv in his eyes because he didn't tell him exactly what it is or where it is and so distance makes the heart grow fonder to make it more precious to reveal it slowly but surely not pitom all at once but he says asher ar eka means go to the land where I will become known to you asher ar eka means where I will express myself or reveal myself to you. Pirish. Ela aretz asher al yada esgal elecha. Kikasher tiskasher el eretz akoydish. When a Jew merits to become bound to the Holy Land, tizkeligile alukus ba or gadol. We can merit an incredible revelation of godliness again, whether we physically merit to walk here, and I bless us all with that experience, or whether we merit to become eretz yisrael dekiyid and to transform our mentality into a mentality of Artsenu Akadosha, into a mentality of Amuna, into a mentality of simplicity, into a mentality of princess consciousness. The princess is Malchus, Malchus is Eretz Yisrael. It's all, all goes back to the story. All goes back to the story, right? Whether we can, we can adapt that mindset of youth and of simplicity and of wholesomeness and of, and of, and of, and of this element of wonder and, and, and miracles. This is a place of miracles. And to be able to perceive that all of life is a miracle is an Eretz Yisrael Dika mindset. We can live this way, Chavar. We can, we can shape our consciousness. We can gift ourselves with a new lens through which to view the world that changes everything without changing anything. When a person binds himself with this land, you can channel an enormous amount of vitality in life. An enormous amount. Right after Avram Avinu comes to the land, what do we read? Nemar, Vayera, Shem al Avram. Akadish Baruch Hu appears to Avram, Ashaloi Nemar, Kenar Heino. We don't find this terminology before, then it was specifically there. Ki Oz Zachal Kabel Ha'orav Ashpami Eretz Akadish. It was then that Avram Avinu was able to receive a tremendous influx of spiritual vitality from that land. Umiyad, what does the Pasik tell us? What did he do when he got there? Vayivin Shem Ezbeach. Hashem, he immediately builds a Mizbeach, Hanira a love to the God who had become manifested and become revealed to him. To thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To this incredible revelation of godliness that he had merited. Vinu wasn't under the impression that it's possible for a human being to reach such a, such a lofty and exalted level. What Rashi tells us, what does it mean? For your benefit and for your good. Not just because you'll be, you know, you'll be like Avram was told historically, he became great and he became this and that. No, but more than that, what's the greatest pleasure that a Jew could have is Dveikas Tashem, his oneness with God, is that moment of shining intimacy, uh, you know, creation with Creator. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's no Osher like that, there's no Yashris like that. To be able to stand in a moment, and I said this in one of the first that I gave in Chicago years ago, this Nikud of being able to look up during his spodidus and say, Rabbanu Shalalam, I have not been fooled. 
You sent me down to this world and it's full of distractions. I am in this moment fulfilling the purpose for which I was sent to this world. Amzu Yitzar Tali, you created this nation, to speak to me, to praise me. And here I am, Rebbe Shalom. And, and in that moment, it, it's in a moment of incredible, incredible clarity and lucidity and beauty. And so this is what HaKadosh Baruch was telling him. Avram, go to Eretz Yisrael, lech lecha la'na because it's there that you'll merit to experience this Osher, this incredible wealth and this incredible joy in the deepest, deepest, most profound way. And this also explains why HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to him, Here you will not merit children, meaning outside of Eretz Yisrael. In order for Avram Avinu to be able to procreate, to be able to channel life, to be able to bring new life into this world, that the entire Jewish nation, what a nation of, of, of warriors, what a nation of, of, of incredibly noble angels that our nation is. We have to be so proud of where we come from. It's unbelievable, the history. It's just unbelievable where we come from and what we have in us and what we carry on our shoulders. We sell, we sell ourselves short. We think we're just another kind of person. We're not. We're not. We're mamish not. In order to accomplish this, Avram Avinu needed to become bound to the source of all of this blessing, all this nobility, all this glory and grandeur. But he had not yet gone there, and therefore it was not possible for him to become bound there in his mind, which is the Iker, properly. It is there specifically that over here you're not going to make it in that way. This also explains why it was Davka there in Eretz Yisrael that Avram Avinu received the power of blessing. It's like Rashi tells us to bless whoever it was that he desired. Because when a person becomes bound to the source of blessing, like we mentioned in passing, Shabbos is in time, what the Beis HaMikdash is in space. And what do we say about Shabbos? Shabbos, Shabbos is the font, is the fount of blessing. And therefore, the Beis HaMikdash, which parallels that, is similarly the fountain of blessing, the Evan Shesia, like we learned. Nasat Sinar Uma'avar. When we bind ourselves with that place, we become a little bit of a channel. Sheyushpa al yodai bracha v'shevel chalo'elam. And so Hashem says, it's Pashat Avram, if you come to Eretz Yisrael, you will be able to bless everyone in the world because you'll be bound to the source and it will flow through you to the rest of the world. V'yachar. After Avram Avinu had bound sufficiently his heart and mind with this land, then Hashem causes there to be a famine in the land. That he should have to go into exile in a way, into his own personal exile from the land into Chutzla Art. Why? Why would Akadish Baruch? There's the question we started off with. Why would Akadish Baruch who cause Avram Avinu to sacrifice so much to leave your Eretz and leave your, your, your and, and, and leave to leave everything behind and come to a place and then very, very soon after? By Yirav Ba'aretz, to cause Avram Avinu to leave it. So he says the deepest thing. 
Hashem caused Avram Avinu to leave Eretz Yisrael after Avram had sufficiently fused himself with that place. To create the found and lay the foundation for this concept that even though he would be in Golos, even though he would be abiding outside of this land in a different place, Yumshach Allah a love Ha'ara and Allah Ha'ara v'Hashpa me Eretz Hakodesh, he would still be able to channel this energy of Eretz Yisrael. He was laying the foundation for the way in which his progeny and the way in which all of his children, generations upon generations, for all of time after him, B'nai Yisrael HaKadoshim, our holy nation, he was laying a foundation so that so that even when they were not able to merit to live in the land, and again, with a caveat, if you can come, this is where a jubil belongs, but to cause for this incredible foundation to be built into reality that even when they're not Zoha to be there, traveling from place to place in the lands of their enemies, because their heart and their mind and their eyes and their yearning and their desire and their focus and their thoughts are going to be bound to this place. This is going to be able to keep them alive. This is what's going to give them vitality in the dimes of their exile. So it was like a self-sacrifice for Avram just to be able to teach us how to stay alive. And therefore, it's right after this, and I wasn't able to throw this into the little three minutes that I had to say that clip. It's such an intuitive, unbelievable point. Right after this, right after this, HaKadosh Baruch Hu enters into the covenant Bein Absarim between the pieces. V'gilalei HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Gezeras HaGoliath. And that's when Hashem reveals to Avram that, that, your, that your children are going to be Eretz Loi Lahem in a, in, in, in a place that, you know, is external to this land. That a tremendous darkness and a scary, awesome, horrible darkness fell upon Avram Bedor Chazal. And the Halig of Medrash Rabbah says, Ema, this word Ema, fear, awesome, Zubavel, is a reference to the Gelos of Babel. Chashecha, darkness, Zumadai. Gedula, Gedula, rather, Zayavan, Nefelis, Olav, Zueda. And so hinted to in this very Pasuk is all of the four Galuyas. Why? What's the smichas hadvarim? That once Avram Avinu comes to Eretz Yisrael and then needs to leave it, boom, bein absarim, we talk about Galus. Why? It's so intuitive. Because Avram Avinu was currently in the process of implanting within reality this incredible advice and ability for Am Yisrael to maintain their connection. And to maintain their life force and vitality, even though they're in Gullahs. That even when they're in the land of their enemies, they can still connect to Eretz Yisrael. Now HaKadosh Baruch Hu could teach him and tell him that there's going to be a Gullahs because he already taught Avram Avinu how to go ahead and create this incredible Anhaga so that his children would be able to make it. Unbelievable. 
Mamish unbelievable. Because he can handle it now, because he already sees, don't worry, they'll make it in the end, they'll make it, they'll make it. There's a path, there's a way. For his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren till the end of time, that they can manage to become maintained and maintain their integrity and maintain their life force and vitality and sweetness and holiness and purity and everything beautiful that it is to be a Jew, even within all the exiles that are going to pass upon them. And therefore, even in a time of Golos and Mavarchim Tamid, we are constantly blessing Akadosh Baruch Hashem on this land that He's given to us, even if we're not Zoha to live there, and even if the land is not in the state pardon the pun, but is not in the, in, the, in, the, in the way in which we hope that it will be currently. Or, or that w- it will be with the coming of Mashiach. Like we are commanded and like Chazal established for us to say in benching, we are grateful to you. That you inherited or caused our forefathers to inherit a sweet, a precious, a delicious land that's good, that's wide, that's broad. And he says such a weird thing. Why is it that we're blessing Akarish Baruch Hu for Eretz Yisrael after having a meal in? Michigan, I don't know, it's somewhere completely, completely on the other end of the world. What does that have to do with Eretz Yisrael? He says an amazing thing. You're right, the food you ate wasn't food that was grown or cultivated or produced in Eretz Yisrael. That's true. But we're thanking Hashem. Because yes, we might now have physical energy because we ate a burger. That might be true. But Pneumius? The real life force that we have on the most essential level of keeping us alive, it's not coming from the hamburger. No, it's coming from Eretz Yisrael. And so after we go ahead and fill up our bodies, so to speak, and we you know, fill up fill up at the gas station and, and, and we get some more vitality within us from physical food, it's right then that we have to remind ourselves where our life force is really coming from. And that's why the whole benching is filled with Nei Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh, all, all, all throughout. Like he says, it's all about Eretz Yisrael. And, and I'll tell you, even the Reb Nassim says outside, but Reb Nassim says in the Kutiyalachas that by virtue of a bracha rishayna, it's a whole deep piece, but by virtue of making a bracha properly, he says our food becomes niskadish bektushas aretz mamish. Through making a bracha consciously, that draws the holiness of Eretz Yisrael into the food in and of itself. And he says there's no difference between the food that we're holding in our hand in New York and the food that we would have grown and cultivated out of this soil if you make a bracha properly. So that's, that's another connection. Rav Nassan answers also why we mention Eretz Yisrael and benching. But Al-Kapanim, Vizeshem Esayim Eretz Yisrael, I'm sorry, yeah, Esayim and Eretz Yisrael, we also close the blessing with Eretz Yisrael. Ala Eretz va'ala Mazayim. No matter what we're using to give us vitality now, it comes from that place. Excuse me. This that ordinarily we make a bracha before eating bread, and the simple understanding of it is that you brought this bread to fruition out of the process of wheat and planting and plowing and winnowing and so on. Melechas hapas, sitra depas. And then mina arts, it came from the earth, but he says so, deep, so much deeper, no? He says, No matter what lechem we have, no matter whether it's bread, whether it's not bread, no matter what kind of sustenance that's called lechem, you know where it comes from? Not just from the ground. 
and we're thanking Hashem for giving us food that grew from the ground. But it comes min ha'aretz. Nemar ha'aretz behei ha'yediyah. With that hay that always alludes to a specific land. Not just ha'maytilecha min aretz. From the, you know, the general land. No, min ha'aretz. Any sustenance we have, any lechem, any vitality, any, any life force, min ha'aretz. Hayinu me'aretz ha'yediyah. What we're saying in and it will be if you listen to my mitzvah and I'll give you the rain upon your land in its time. Again, this word is a reference to Eretz Yisrael. If we'll align ourselves properly with the will of God and connect with Him to the 613 pieces of advice, 248 pieces of advice to get close to our Kaddish Baruch Hu through doing certain things through. 365 pieces of advice to get closer to HaKadosh Baruch by refraining from doing certain things. But the more that we align ourselves with the mitzvahs of Hashem, we're going to be able to draw down elements of vitality from that place. Without any, any, any barrier preventing. And that's shot also in the Pasuk. Same idea. If you'll walk according to my statutes. Again, Eretz Yisrael. Not just wherever you are, you'll have Parnasa, but Ha'aretz. From there, we're going to get goodness and wonderful things. We'll go a little bit, a little bit, a little bit weiter. The last couple of minutes that we have left. And he says, he always brings it practical. This is teaching us, you and I, how to come to life and how to enable our Yiddishkeit to be something that's, that's real and that's alive. When we're walking around and wandering, and it's so difficult and it's so tough and we live amongst non-Jews and we live, in, we live amongst a society that's so antithetical to our values and so on and so forth. And it's so difficult. We live in a world that is battling valiantly to shut the Creator out of every facet of His creation. It's a pella. It's, 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 a, it's a tragedy. And it's difficult. This parsha comes to teach us that the way and the proper advice and the proper path, how to keep ourselves going, how to give ourselves that ability to keep on marching forward into the wind, into the snow, into the ice, into the kriris of that Malik Asher along this very difficult path, how to keep ourselves alive. This shouldn't just remain an intellectual idea that we learn, but we should literally take it to heart, set aside time every day, five minutes, to set aside time, obviously during tefillah, if we're, if we're Zohar the Davin three times a day, beyond that, to set aside time to yearn for this place, even if it's not realistic, even if you know it's futile, you're not going to be able to make it, whatever it is, you have to take care of a, of a parent, or you have all your family, whatever excuse, and it's not excuses, these are real things, these are real reasons that make it very difficult for people to make the journey. And I bless us to overcome all the obstacles at the right time and the right mind space. But no matter what, take five minutes and to sit and just think about Eretz Yisrael. This is what ultimately Tikkun Chatzos is for, right? Where we're supposed to sit and be Mis'abal Yerushalayim every single day. But whether it's Chatzos Laila, it's Chatzos Yayim, or whatever, four o'clock in the afternoon, you take five minutes in the middle of the, uh, the, the work day and, and in the middle of running errands and responsibilities and you pause for a second in the supermarket at, you know, outside you know, by, the, by the fruit section with the tomatoes and everything and you stop and you say to yourself, wow, I'm yearning to be in Yerushalayim. 
I'm yearning to be. And in that moment, you open a channel. And in that moment, you become a little bit more alive. And in that moment, you become a little bit more connected to the Jewish story, to the story of the past, to the story of the present, and to the story of the future. When our eyes, should be yearning, yearning. What a, what a beautiful Lashem, yearning eyes, eyes that are filled with yearning. And hoping and pining for that place. That, my friends, is how we're going to be able to draw life force from that place. So it should be practical. It should be like we always say, to start to really act in this way, to behave in this way, to start to utilize the etos of our tzaddikim to become transformed, to become Eretz Yisrael like a Yidin, that our Yiddishkeit should be Eretz Yisrael like. Eretz Yisrael is Emunah, Eretz Yisrael is spiritual, Eretz Yisrael is experiential, Eretz Yisrael is the place that's filled with miracles. It's a place that's filled with God. Whoever lives in Eretz Yisrael, how many of our experiences with Yiddishkeit are godless? Our, our Avodah Hashem is godless, not godless, godless, godless. Because it's not Eretz Yisrael like. But if we can transform our mentality into the moichim de Eretz Yisrael, into the consciousness of this place, whether we're living here, whether we're not living here, kaladar ba'aretz, whoever lives in that place, means that there's a God in our lives, and there's a story that we're a part of, and there's a, there's a big picture to our lives, to our Yiddishkeit, to everything. We bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu into our lives. This is the element of the princess. I'll close with a beautiful, and, and, and by the way, I'm going to send out these sheets. Everybody should really, it's pretty easy Hebrew if you can, to try if you can to read it to the end, to learn it to the end, because again, even in an hour, unfortunately, you can't capture the beauty of it, but more than an hour is already, I think, a little bit too much for people. Um, but it goes on a little bit, and it's such beautiful, beautiful, wonderful things. So really, if you can, if you can. But I'll just close with one beautiful tire from my father, Shlita. My father once said that the literal reading of that sentence is kol hadar ba'aretz doimen kemishyesh la'alaka. Whoever lives, dar means to live. In Eretz Yisrael, it's, con- it's, con- it's comparable, it's considered as if he has a God, right? Because this place is filled with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence to a person who has his eyes open. as a Gemarang Subis. But my father said he could also read it a little bit differently. The word hadar can mean to live in, but it could also mean hadar. Hadar means glory, means grandeur. And my father wants to read it, kol hadar be'eretz Yisrael. Whoever places grandeur on Eretz Yisrael, whoever looks at Eretz Yisrael with, 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 with eyes that are, that are so incredibly filled with respect and so incredibly filled with, with yearning for the glory that is Eretz Yisrael, kol hadar be'eretz Yisrael, that that's where you place your importance, that's what you value, that's what you yearn toward, even if he's not here, he's also connected to this place. So it should be an achama for all of us. Obviously, I don't want to say something that's going to cause a person to change their mind if they were planning on coming here. The ikr is to be here. We find that by Avram Avinu also. He wasn't able to sufficiently connect until he was here. So we should try and I bless us all to be able to be here, to be able to be here with all of Am Yisrael, to be able to be here, Mamish. But all the while that we're not, this is an incredible Eitzah, an incredible, incredible piece of advice to connect to this place, to channel the spirit of everything that is this incredible land uh, on every level into our lives. And Be'ez HaShem, we should be Zoha to channel untold amounts of, of blessing 
and, a, and of godliness and a vitality and energy into every aspect of our lives. So thank you so, so much, Chavar, for joining. Yashukach to all. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful Shabbos, a wonderful Shabbos. What a privilege. What a privilege. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Bracha. Thank you, Shimon. Thank you to everybody, everybody who joined. Debs and, and Menachem. Thank you to everybody. Natanel, all the best. Have a wonderful, beautiful Shabbos, Chavar. All the best. Thank you so much, Chavar.